All right, guys. Inappropriate Earl, episode three hundred and twenty-nine. It sounds unbelievable that we've come this far. This is the little podcast that could. We've been through a lot, a lot of highs, a lot of lows. A couple scummy people found their way through the podcast cracks and got on the podcast couch. But that couch is no more. The inappropriate Earl couch has been retired, burned, and never to be podcasted on again. But we have a new podcast couch that was broken in by the great UK comic John Hastings. And now we have an old favorite of the show. She's controversial. She's the queen of TikTok. She's worked on major motion pictures. She's the brains behind the humor of Holy Moly, the putt-putt show on ABC with the great Joe Tessitore and some other guy. The lovely and talented Chandler and Barbie. Yeah. Can we get... um clapping to put edited in right then um i'm working on uh enhancing the technical abilities of this podcast to have some sound effects there is one uh, mixer i guess you'd call it that they sell at guitar center that you can pre-program four or five uh you know like i could do the rickish say sound you know uh, <laughs> same podcast new couch i could do you know i could pre-record ma, 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 ma. Can, can we do a sound effect of us going lol uh, sol r.i.p so uh, for I, all your guests that die you can have me going r.i.p let's back. give a shout out to all the guests let me see if i can do this with no uh pre-programmed script in my head uh r.i.p to all the inappropriate girl oh is this an immemorial moment this is like the oscars when they do that at the end and they always forget like four or five people it always sucks to die the week before the oscars because they don't like give you a shout out uh but i'll try and remember all the deceased guests who were on my old couch the great rowdy roddy piper still near and dear to me i still think about him a lot i get sad he was a good dude uh, but, you know, a pro wrestler living to 61 is a pretty good life. Uh, the legendary, uh, the recently deceased Tawny Katane, uh, you know, another great guest. that uh, Of rock and roll vixen living to 60 is a big deal then, too. And oddly enough, and I can tell you this, I don't think you'd be that upset about it. I think she weirdly had a crush on me. You had a little bit of a crush on her. Oh, of course. 13-year-old Earl came out every time you saw her. But it hit me. Why would she have a crush on me? Like, Well, you do look pretty good in those pants right now. I'm I'm not going to lie. But I mean, like, I think it was, and I I figured it out. I was literally the only guy in her life probably not trying to fuck her. Mm. Uh, And I think she was either probably at one point was like, why not? Or something like that. Or she was like. You, the way your booty looks in those pants. Yeah, I mean, she was attractive. You're for pretty a, slim, thick. You know, she was attractive for a lady uh, of her uh, age, I guess. Uh, I mean, she didn't look um, too tore up. Uh, 
and then uh, who else has died? My lovely friend, uh, Loria Donna Nessie, who uh, was the legal diva. Um, she was uh, unfortunately uh, murdered by her husband. Uh, but she had a wrestling background. She dated the Ultimate Warrior, and she knew I wanted to talk to her about that. So Did she talk about it? She did, and she let me wear the jacket that he gave her. So I, mm. I'm into the essence of, oh, my God, he, he touched this jacket. And who else? There's been uh, Stephen Brody Stevens. Stephen Brody Stevens. Uh, that's a good. Uh, and I think that's it. I think Our that's sweet it. Annie June. Uh, Annie was not on the podcast. But she was but a member of this household and on the couch. She was on the couch. Um, she nastied up that couch before we sold it. It was gross. For those of you who uh, I'm sure anyone listening to this knows, uh, me and Chandler adopted a dying. A twelve-year-old German Shepherd who was given three months to live, and, and that was on a good like scale. I mean, we still actually don't know the background of what Annie went through, uh, but we got her to about seven to eight months. We mm -hmm. gave her a good life. But the first week we had her, I remember laying in her dog bed with her, and I was crying because I thought she was going to die. Because she was, this dog in her peak was probably 85 pounds. And when we got her, she was maybe 40. And then she got to about 65 in the span we had her. But she was so malnourished and abused that we we literally slept downstairs with her for a month straight because she was so weak she couldn't go up the stairs. And we're so worried about her. And then towards the end, she was like chasing squirrels and... Um, she was healthy and smiling. Yeah, she was uh, an amazing dog and even died in a uh, lovely way. If you can say death can be lovely. Uh, Chandler was upstairs sleeping. I was downstairs watching the World Series and uh, Annie got up. Uh, she kind of put her nose in my hand and then she went to her favorite spot or second favorite spot, first being the couch. And that was well, she told Lois by too, more or less. Uh, and then she went to go to sleep on the at the bottom of the stairs. And uh, I'm not really a baseball guy, so I think I got up to go walk her and Lois. And um, she looked like she was just staring at the bottom stair. And then I started looking at her and going, Oh boy, I don't think she's staring. And I like waved my hand in front of her face, no reaction. I felt her body, which the weird thing was it was still warm. Like, it still felt like she was alive. So I think it, you knew her spirit was yeah. leaving. It literally must have happened within a minute of me getting up. And then I, you know, I decided to, like, before I called Chandler down, I uh, did what they do in wrestling when they uh, lift up the wrestler's hand and they see it drop. And it, 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 this was not a Hulk Hogan moment. She, her hand did not wave in the air like this. So, uh we took care of her and thanks to the LaBelle Foundation, they were uh amazing. And yeah. they're um Well the crazy thing is, is I think she waited till I got home because she I had I'd been in London for two weeks and she died the day after I got home. So it was like we had that whole day together where I took her on a long walk and stuff and I told you I didn't think she felt good and it was like she wait. She knew. She waited till I got home. 
Yeah, it was kind of like when my mom died. Uh, I literally, she, my sisters were with her. And when I got to Miami in the driveway, I had both my dogs with me, Mama and Buka Boom at the time. And they were running around the driveway. And I was like, oh my God, they're going to like get hit because, you know, my parents lived in a place called Sunset Island in Miami, which was, there's no gates. There's no like these huge mansions, but like they don't have gates. So cars are like, running around so i went to finally grab them and then uh as soon as i walked in my mom's room she like took her last breath so you know i believe in stuff like that and then has hyped up as mom and bookaboom were from running around and being on a plane for fucking six hours they looked at my mom and literally stopped in their tracks and they, they both sat down and they never sat down so like why do you have such terrible behaved children uh, well, they were they, they were in the same. Uh, I used to when I had three dogs, Mama, Messi, and Buka Boom. I would take them to Miami and put them in the same cart. That's it, animal abuse, Earl. Now they loved each other until, That's, but then they doodooed on each other. Messier dooted on. Uh, That's he, animal abuse. He dooted uh, one time uh, going there. So, like uh, even Lois is not well behaved. Yeah, but you know I'm not raising She's, trained fucking killers. People. Yeah, but like I truly believe. Most little dogs are never fully trained to their potential versus big dogs because big dogs you have to train because if not, they're going to be they're Like our, my little brother's dog, um, Ridge, Ridge. Met, Ridge is 85 pounds and he's a Chesapeake Bay mix with a brown lab. And that dog is as big as I am. So if he knocked me over, he could kill me. Um, so people put a lot more time and effort into like being the alpha and training those type dogs because you have to, but with little dogs, you just pick them up when they're acting bad. So they never really like Lois, you pick her up when she's being naughty. You don't do anything to her. So she's not well behaved. Cause she needs lovings. Yeah. It's just a good tale of what our children are going to be like. So, uh, but so that's the story of Annie. Uh, she's a good girl. She was the best dog ever. And then, uh, it sucked just because her and Lois were just starting to get along. But, they were friends. Um, they were besties. I'm. I know you don't want me on my phone, but I want to read um some inappropriate Earl mail that I was reading online. Yeah, we've got inappropriate Earl uh, people complaining about the frequency. I need to find it. Uh, but this is a big. This might be the last inappropriate Earl. That's not. We're uh, maybe going over to Patreon. We're rebranding. We're rebranding in the new year. Of course, we might crank out a few uh, December episodes. Well, one person said um, the TSE show, Ray Baker. Yes. He said, what a great episode. He spelled episode wrong, but it's okay. That was. Thanks for that one, boys. Earl, you need to come back on my show and pitch Black Ice. So good. Black Ice <laughs> is my... Uh, uh, I don't know what that is. Well, let me explain to you. what You're a filmmaker. That was five stars, by the way. This is the movie I pitched to Jason Reitman. Oh, you have told me this. But I you think need to it's take a funny it to Catherine idea. Reitman, his sister. She's funnier, and she has a deal at Netflix. Well, uh, I don't really uh, talk to Jason Reitman anymore since he's uh, still heavy involved in the roast battle. Since world. he's since Juno, Juno's the best movie he's ever done. Well, no, I mean he. I, I will say uh, in full disclosure, at one time we were tight, but. Uh, I almost left Montreal the first night. This is the non-televised season of Roast Battle when I bombed the first night at the 
the haters table i just wasn't feeling it i was like this is ridiculous you were like i come from criminals and moonshiners i am too rich not to be on tv i was like this show's going nowhere i just wanted i started i have to brand myself as a racist for this pretty much get out i literally started looking up flights in the lobby and he saw me (laughs) and (laughs) he's like don't leave dude just do what you do in the belly room just Go nuts. Don't care what people think. And uh, the next night. And look where it got the show. Canceled. Then, well, that, I, trust me. Uh, what got it canceled was not having me on all three seasons. But anyway, that's another uh, uh, topic I think I've drilled into the surface of the earth. So uh, I think there's still time for you and Jason to be friends again. Oh, we're not enemies. We should. Is he from Montreal? Well, it's from funny. Canada. We come from a very... I think similar background, which is why rich I think fathers. We, yeah, to be honest, like his. What I respect about Jason Reitman is he could have never worked a day in his life, just off of the the SAG checks that his dad must get the last fifty years. It's mind blowing to me. He could have just said, "I'm just gonna." And his sister, they both work hard. But I mean, his dad is iconic. Yeah, um, you know, to someone my age and. and I guess you could say early 40s to beyond 50, 60, 70. Any comedy you liked, he did. You know, uh, that's so crazy. Stripes. It's also, yeah. I feel like I have a few friends who are like the children of really famous athletes or filmmakers. And I mean, and even like you, your dad was a, a, a you come from a lineage of extremely successful parents who like were business and entrepreneurs. It's like, you feel almost an odd pressure to make it so that you're never in their shadow and you can prove that you're just as good. Like imagine being Colin Hanks, Tom Hanks. He's pretty good. Like you're good and you have, you have a, a foot in the door. Obviously you have like incredible privilege, but you also have that weird shadow of like, well, you'll never be your father. Well, I remember seeing Wayne Gretzky's brother play in the minor leagues. This is the West Coast Hockey League, which is like three levels below the NHL. Imagine the shit he heard. Well, that's like... um, I mean, like, your brother's literally the greatest hockey player of all time. He set records that will never be broken, ever. Yeah. And can you imagine with the crowd or even worse, his opponents were like, hey, Gretzky, nice game. I mean, that's even uh, my friend Tommy. So I'm friends with um, Tommy Armour, the fourth, who comes from a lineage of incredibly famous golfers he's the fourth of three famous golfers and he there's like a family joke where they're all in the pga and then he's in in the pga but the producers guild of america and he is now very very successful in film but i know for him it's like extremely difficult to come from like parents and grandparents and great-grandparents of like these all American golfers who have won all kinds of awards. And like, I think his great grandfather coined some really famous golf term. I can't remember which one it is, but there's like a weird pressure on his shoulders all the time. You can tell. Well, that's why I respect Reitman probably more than me. Tommy armor is because he went right into his dad's, which is crazy. Like, it's not like I went in to be one of the most successful oil, uh, you know, people or Tommy went. There's still time. 
you know, it's, well, I mean, we are in a green energy community now, and you're the only person I know invested in oil. And I got more money than most people who give me financial I'm not, advice. So I'm not saying you don't you take that advice and stick it right up your crypto ass. Hey, no, uh, not you. I'm just saying, like, you know, I love that I get uh, financial advice from comics who have holes in their shoes. Um, but I respect Reitman. Just he went right in his dad's lane, and like. Yeah, you know, it's probably one of the like the greatest. Uh, I don't want to. I could definitely roast battle moments, but comedy moments is when his dad. I was on fire. You know how I get when I get adrenaline pumping. Like I, I'm like. Oh, a, I know. I'm an unstoppable animal, and his dad just looked at me during the show. He's like, "Who are you?" <laughs> and you're like, "Will you adopt me, sir?" I'm like, hey, "Let's man. go to a hockey game together." Oh, Canada. What's their song? Uh, oh, Canada. And then that's when, uh, after that, Jason Reitman was like, do you have any ideas? I'm like, yeah, I got this great movie about black guys. Oh, so, God. And he, But to show you, like, his brain, when I gave him the initial, like, you know, idea of a, an all-black hockey team winning the Stanley Cup, Rob Schneider's the coach. He's the KKK Grand Dragon. He, he was, like, tilting his head at me going, and what's the next scene? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. Well, there you go. You blew it. You had a chance, kid. I did blog. Because then right. he watched me do stand-up, and he was like, you know, he was cool to me. And then, you know, obviously. You I, know. He was nice to you me. You never know. I mean, I didn't burn any bridges with him, to my knowledge, but, uh, you know. Well, he made Juno, so it's not. Well, he also it. put me in the uh, Roast Battle documentary. He didn't have to. There's I mean, a Roast Battle documentary? Yeah. Interesting. I don't think you would like it, given uh, All some right. of the people who are in it. But, yeah, uh, I don't. I don't associate with it. I don't either. I didn't even. I never seen an episode of Rose Pout. This is on. I haven't either. On our relationship, on Lois's life, on it. Oh. I had never heard of Rose Battle. Never knew what it was. Um, when Sarah Tiana introduced us, that is not how she told me. I'm glad your claim to fame. She just said that you were like a funny guy, a funny guy, a stand-up comic, and not a scumbag. Also, had the money and luxury that a woman like me needs in her life. You could keep up with me pretty much, and um, I knew about about that show because you had mentioned it, and like people at the store had joked about it, and then. I, like I think a year and a half into our relationship because like that was the number one thing I don't do to people I date and I don't like them doing is like googling you because I think it's so disrespectful like you because you base a lot of your judgments off of someone and I don't think you knew my last name until after you told me you loved me um anyway and then I was at a party like a year and a half later I'll never forget it because it was summertime and I had just left the whiskey bar and you had come to pick me up later on and we were at this house party and they had put on Comedy Central Roast Battle. Sorry about who that. Was streaming. And you came out in your underwear. Sounds about right. And one of the girls at the party was like, wait, isn't that your boyfriend? And I like look over and I just see you on this like 65 inch TV in your underwear. And I'm like, um, yeah, it is. And I don't know what's happening right now. I didn't either. 
Uh, but yeah, that was the only thing I've ever seen. And then, um, and a shout out to Tony Hinchcliffe. I must give the golden pony credit. Uh, before that battle, I asked Tony to just go outside and get me anything with the maple leaf on it. I don't care what it is. And he came back with that pair of underwear. So uh-huh. I, thank you, Tony. My fashion, uh, abadashery, I guess. Okay. So this is, um, something okay we're we're reading letters from inappropriate earl listeners letters from inappropriate earl listeners okay a fan of mine sent me this a screenshot and it has made me giggle it has made me confused and i might get this printed on a t-shirt first of all it's one star i love it the subject line is earl um, and it's from Sean of the Deli. Okay. It says, oh, wait, this is not the one I wanted to read, but I'll read this anyway. It says, Earl's given up barely drops episodes we used to get to sometimes three a week. He spends nearly all his time whining and complaining about roast battle. Sorry, we just did that. <laughs> or getting shadow banned. Well, you never know. Unless Chandler is on. It's a middle-aged guy. Middle-aged. Complaining. Earl has had more opportunities than most and is super successful. So, actually, that was a very nice comment. That wasn't the one I wanted. But it isn't. Someone said, dude, Varvados. Awesome pod. Five stars. That's a good one. Where's the comment? Someone's... I mean, I will say, and I haven't looked on... uh, I haven't figured out a way. This is how bad I am technologically. I can't figure out a way to read the reviews on Apple Podcasts. When it was iTunes, it was just, it was right there. Oh, so here was another funny one. This was five stars. Top five shows from Pit Baby Party. Who are these people? It says Earl's voice is viscerally sensual. Sensual? I can't say that word. Sensuous. Yeah. I'm from the South. I can barely read. Some compare it to a dull 90-year-old retiree (laughs) residing in assisted living. (laughs) You may think you've hit the half-speed feature, but that's just the cadence at which he speaks. The subject matter is crazy funny, and Chandler has brought a much-needed youthful injection into the show. Keep it awesome. Those are nice. I love when your fans, or even not your fans, write paragraphs that like are so descriptive that they're kind of mean but so funny that you're like, oh, wow, thanks. Well, I will say that, I mean, I think I have close to 600 reviews and probably 90% are positive, which is pretty good. Uh, You know, it's the internet. You're always going to have a troll or two. And I don't, well, you can't delete them. But even if I could, I wouldn't delete them. Uh, Listen, reviews, there's no bad press. I will say when I trolled uh, someone, it was pretty funny. Uh, Billy Corbin who's a legendary documentary uh, maker. He did the Cocaine Cowboys. I think all, I think there's two or three of them. He did those. He's a brilliant documentarian. And he did a documentary on underground MMA fighting in Florida. And there was a scene where this was such a janky operation. A pit bull during the middle of a fight got into the, I guess you'd call it a cage, but it was really just a couple wires. It was very low rent and took a shit. <laughs> and what? So I, was it like a, a solid or kind of diarrhea? It was like an Annie, solid Annie <laughs> beauty. 
And I wrote on Twitter, hey, great job. The best part about this documentary is the pit bull taking the dookie. And he wrote me back going, hey, everyone's a critic. <laughs> and then I met him at the comedy store. And like, we're... and you asked him to take a doo-doo for no. you? I asked him, hey, come do the podcast. Oh, he did uh, something about baseball, uh, the knuckleball pitcher. Oh. Uh, so, Interesting. You know, uh, okay, here's my Shout out to Billy comment. Corbin. This, see, okay. This setup, this is what my fan sent me. It was a screenshot. It's five stars. It's from Torsten Stett. I don't know. He's just a troll. This guy is on YouTube as well. (laughs) He says, Earl has decided to continue with his co-host experiment despite Chandler Barbie having the mental agility and comedic timing of an Auschwitz oven mitt. (laughs) When a guy is enroaching 60... Who knows why they do the things that they do. But in this instance, Earl needs to take control of the reins and separate his personal life from his professional. Be cool. Immediately Danish and O'Neill. Oh, yeah, that's definitely a Danish and O'Neill fan. (laughs) But I love... how did you know I was Jewish calling me an Auschwitz of a mid? Well, I don't... I know I know who... I, I don't know who it is, but they also troll me on YouTube um they say some things across the line some of your i will say like i get mean comments on tiktok like mean comments but it's different for and it's fine but it's literally at this point like y'all can't hurt my feelings because my boyfriend's fans have hurt my feelings more but i don't uh i think you take it too personally like i don't take it personally if i don't respect the person well i used to get upset but i think the older you get and unfortunately when it comes to like putting yourself out there as a comic or a writer or actor or whatever a person in the public the more likes you get and the more like fame or clout or whatever you want to call it recognition the more hate you get and then like you get so used to it that it honestly i feed into it like, because I know if I'm getting good, I'm getting bad. So it doesn't bother me. So I think it's funny sometimes. But I don't. I think you're like I am, though. Like, I think I, that you've rubbed off on me in that to where I agitate people on purpose. Because I think it's because there's I'm sorry. No one pretty. No one richer than me. No one skinnier than me. No one more successful than me is coming at me being an asshole. No one. There is Find me someone better looking than I am. They are not saying mean shit to people on the internet. Because they don't have the time. That's what I'm saying. So, like, whenever someone does that, I'm like, oh, you're ugly. I mean, most people who uh, say Earl's not funny or, uh, you know, he didn't win this roast battle against this person or whatever, it's like, you don't have the balls to do what I do. So I don't respect your opinion on it. Like, if Jason Ryman came up to me and said, hey, you know what? That's a good idea for a script, but this is what you could do to make it better. I'm going to listen to him. Yeah. Or if J- Jimmy Carr once gave me a joke tag. He, it's probably the scariest I've ever been doing comedy. I was in the belly room doing just a regular Saturday night show, and I just felt this presence in the room. Like, he has a Darth Vader-like presence. And I just I was looking around. I'm like, what is in here, man? And he's at the top of the belly room stairs, just staring at me. Like, no smile. Jacking off. No, just no. Like, 
he's just staring at me and and i did the set and then he came up to me afterwards and said, hey that joke's really funny you should blah blah okay this guy's one of the biggest comics in the world i'm gonna listen to him uh so i, I don't listen to people unless they're better off than me is the point I, of that yeah story. i listen to people i have a few mentors a few less than i used to and i listen to you until i realize that you are just like bitter and washed up and then i don't listen to you anymore because you're trying to sabotage me but it's like you see because now i'm bitter and washed up to be honest well you see it all the time in the world of comedy like sometimes i post on twitter pictures of comedy schools and these teachers who like learn how to be funny it's like you haven't learned how to be funny those who can't teach oh yeah those who can't manage jason galern is the best joke on that he's like i'm gonna start a class teaching comedy teachers comedy and i'm booked up for like next year like it's not the exact joke but it's like yeah i don't respect anyone who's not above me and you know and then when they give me advice the people who are but like rob schneider gives me advice you you were there the night in irvine where he gave great advice do this do that and steve martin told me this blah blah he started with steve martin he's like oh you guys must have like chopped it up a bit about gigs and whatnot so that's my one rule steve martin's book um is one of my favorite books i've ever written or read you think people forgot how much he struggled and his it's I think it's a, a, a book of it's a fresh air, breath of fresh air, because it it's back and forth of like how much he grinded and how his home life was really tough. And he constantly was questioning whether he was funny or not, which I think a lot of people I know in the last year, especially for me, um, you fortunately, I think we had opposite years in 2020 and 2021 where last year you were home the whole year because you and you were just doing voiceovers because you mainly um, work in front of an audience and I get to work behind camera writing. So I had three shows I did last year and you had none. And then this year I only had one show and you were gone multiple weeks of the year. Thank God. Not that I didn't miss you, but like you, your, your job was back and mine kind of slowed down because film changed so much. And I think that, uh, where was I going with this? Oh, it's, I don't know. Steve Martin. I've had two glasses of whiskey, by the way. The grind. Oh yeah. It's just, you question whether you're funny. And I think that it's a healthy thing that most good comics do where they're, I don't ever doubt myself, but it is scary to know what is funny and what isn't funny. And is this working? Is this not working? What am I doing right? What am I doing wrong? And I know that you and I had a lot of conversations about that in the last year and a half because it's very difficult to, especially in this climate, know what you can and can't joke about. Oh, yeah. It's the new. uh... I think comedy is coming back, though. Well, I also think it depends on how big you are as a comic. Like, you know, like I, I can't really be canceled, but I'm not that big, to be frank. Uh, yeah. You know, and that's not to get people to say, oh, you, you're funny. You know, if you're not on any TV shows or your podcast isn't, you know, like Rogan can be canceled because he's 
the biggest podcast. I just in don't the world. think he can though, because I think he doesn't care. But they can attempt, yeah, uh, to cancel him because he's big enough to be. You know, Mark Maron's number two podcaster or whatever, and he's on Glow and he's on this and that. Yeah, um, well, that was like you. I think you were a really good voice of reason last year for me, and even this year where I had a lot of really upsetting things happen in my um personal career and I wanted to publicly talk about it and I couldn't because it would affect work things and I think that you were a really good voice of reason when I wanted to go rogue and it was really difficult that I couldn't and you um talked me off the ledge of a lot of things because it's it's a hard thing when you want to speak your truth and you know we work in this industry where you you luckily get to do it way more than I do where you have the luxury of speaking your mind and I think when you have those 15 minutes with a mic in your hand or 30 minutes you can say what you want because it is truly your opinion and um some there's I think in film more than more than comedy what you do is we don't get to do that because I could lose my ABC job. You know what I mean? Well, I think you can go rogue as long as what you're saying is true. Like, that's... Yeah, one. but, it, you know, sometimes speaking your truth can hurt if people don't want to hear it. I mean, it depends. Each case is different. Like, you know, I don't regret all the things I've gone rogue on. Not one person has said that's not true at all. They might disagree with it because it's like... Yeah. But, like, no one can say, oh, that's not true. Like... Because I think there's a wave of podcasters and comics who, like, just say shit just to say it. Just, they, they just want to get noticed. I don't do it for that, you know. And I speak. You let the pain motivate Absolutely. you. And, and even, like, that one guy said all he does is complain about roast battle. I guarantee that guy. And others have said that, too, to be honest. If you got treated like how I got treated on a show you helped start, you would feel the same way. Yeah. So it's just, uh, you know, but the, like I, that, I think that's my best personality asset is I put myself in other people's shoes and I'm really good at it going, okay, how would they think? You know, let's say I got fired from, uh, you know, a TV show, you know, how would I feel? Oh, I see their point now. I think yeah. you have to do that. You have to put yourself in. Well, I think too, it's really personal when you, I think people forget this is a business one, but it's also your art and it's a very vulnerable point. Even if you're making a joke, a lot of time there's a lot of vulnerability behind it. And when you get burnt in this industry because you spend so much time with people you work with, like I'm talking like it's a relationship other than, it it's it's a you form a bond when you get burnt by people who were your writing partners or your boss or your um colleague or another comic it hurts like i think there's a part of being wounded and it is really hard not to lash out or it is really hard to get over because you know when you when you sit and you're the same way when you do a writing session with someone you talk about vulnerable things because you try to make a joke out of a lot of it. And so it feels like someone can weaponize that against you when you get hurt by them, you know? But I mean, some people, uh, 
are cool with getting fucked over. I'm not. I'm not. That's a problem. But some people are like the guy. At, you know, everyone knows. You know, of course. You see me watching the show constantly. Miami Vice. Uh, the guy who played um, Officer John Baker in Chips. He was all set to be Sonny Crockett. They used him to test all the other tubs. He came up with fight scene ideas for uh, just different scenarios in season one. And at the very last second, they went with Don Johnson. Now, it probably all worked out for everyone, but I've never heard, and I think his name is Larry Wilcox, think how that could have changed his life. Now, he had chips, and that's a big show. Most people, he's probably makes good money still from chips residuals it's still on but like it ain't miami vibes yeah and i don't think i've ever heard an interview where he's said fuck michael mann and i would like you use my ideas you use you know, i mean i feel like he probably did privately i think that like oh, i'm sure he did you know there's a producer i worked with years ago that i have privately said and even publicly a few times and then there's other people that I've I've talked bad about this producer because I don't care and they can't touch me. But there's other people who, you know, have burned me so bad, incredibly bad that I can never talk about because it's like not worth. It's almost like trauma. It's not worth talking about and it's not worth me putting myself in that position to start a public battle. I take those instances, which I know you, and it motivates me to be like, okay, I'm going to make it so difficult for you to ever forget what you did to me. I'm going to become so successful. It like drives me to be like, I am going to be at that point where I make a speech one day winning an award and you're going to be sitting there watching me win this award and you're going to think I F that person over. You know what I mean? Well, I think if you don't speak out about it, you set off a giant bad signal to the universe of, hey, you can fuck me over. It's cool. Yeah. Now, maybe you burn a bridge here and there, but like I'm, you're calculating, I'm calculating. Like I, everything I said, I thought, what are the consequences? And they were worth it to me. Yeah. You well, know? you can live with it. I think that don't just don't do things that you can't live with. Well, yeah. I mean, like I looked at it and said, okay, if I speak out about uh, Comedy Central and Jeff Ross. What's the worst thing that could happen? And it was Comedy Central won't use me, and they weren't using me anyway. Like, so it's like there's no. I I'd still like to be on the network, you know, as a voiceover actor. Now they have a lot of nice cartoons, uh, and animated. You know, South Park obviously would be a dream, like guest starring or whatever. But you know, I couldn't even get on at midnight. <laughs> during roast battles peak so i'm like okay well they're not using me now so yeah and uh, all those shows are canceled so it's like whatever but you know what i'm saying like you know it's like it's weighing your options in this career yeah and you you weigh them and you go okay i'm willing to you know now you could also say well earl you should probably just been quiet because what if the head of comedy central it's transferred over to netflix now you can't get on that network because they're going to remember what you said it's like i don't think 10 steps down the road i think one step so you know. it's also i feel like people who are shitty in this industry are going to burn enough people that they're just going to eventually go away well hopefully in my case you know 
but you know it's just who i am i think the older i've gotten the more honest i've become can we talk about something crazy to switch subjects how wild that they're not covering the Ghislaine maxwell trial it's just uh yeah well it uh you, you know it, it's weird because both sides are republicans and democrats are involved in his little uh and it's not just it's not just america it's like the queen's kids well it's clinton was on like 27 flights trump was on uh, just as many i love how um is it philip is that his name prince prince philip prince uh, prince andrew andrew that's right philip's the grandkid because philip was okay yeah andrew he's like denied 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 and he was like, oh, that picture was Photoshop that came out a few years ago, like blah, 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 with Jeffrey. And then there's a picture of Ghislaine and Jeffrey Epstein at a log cabin that came out in the trial. And people picked up that that was the Queen's personal log cabin. And they're like, why would Jeffrey Epstein be at this personal log cabin if you did not have a relationship with the royal family? And he's like, bah. Oh, people are full of shit. I mean, look at OJ. I mean, it's the same thing in terms of how could any reasonable person think that OJ didn't kill three people? But that's like, why, like, money can get you out of anything. Oh, of course. But I mean, like, it goes to, like, that picture, you know, with the 16-year-old girl. You know, it's clearly not faked. I mean, this is way before the fake videos. And, and what do they call that when they do the fake? Uh, CGI? No, but, like, it's it's got a specific term. Uh Morphing. The face, oh, the face, like tomb yeah. thing. Uh, yeah, the face. But tomb. like, that's the thing is like analyzing film. Film doesn't lie, so that's like when people are like, "It's a film photo. It's not digital. You can't all. It's very difficult to alter film so, photos." I mean, you know, people. I, I mean, Epstein is just such a wild. Like, I'm not a big conspiracy guy. Like, I think you are, and like, yeah course everyone's favorite oh i don't think pandas are real so well i mean what yeah what do you mean i don't so i don't think pandas are real i think that obviously there's real pandas but i think that they are were made in a lab and i think that well there's also this like whole part where like the panda thing goes into like child trafficking and like the elite and stuff but it is interesting i fell down a rabbit hole like a few weeks ago insomnia where they were saying how the number one it is illegal anywhere in the world to kill a panda or even approach a panda and that's like one of the only endangered there's more endangered species that we should be concerned about besides pandas but if you ever touch a panda like you're done it's it's like the most like one of the biggest crimes ever and there have been multiple instances where in captivity there have been pandas that were either like painted polar bears or painted like, yeah, it was a polar bear or it was um, a child dressed up as a panda, a baby panda, or it was like a fake robot. That's happened like three or four different times. Um, also, the coloring of the pandas doesn't match the area they come from in Asia. So a lot of people are like, there's no way this panda could exist. Also, they're really aggressive. There's just like this whole thing. There's this whole like Reddit about it. It's very fascinating to where you're like, I think these were created in a lab. I mean, just the fact that you're getting your info from Reddit. It's not just Reddit. It's like other things, but 
I don't know. Also, I fell down this like whole conspiracy about cannibals in uh, national parks. But didn't we watch something about that? I mean, I think we watched the the missing children thing. It was the uh, documentary on this really dangerous tribe in like the Amazon. Like they're the last. That's uh, right. My little brother was talking about that over Thanksgiving. Remember? They're like this un cultured un they've never like they've never like seen a they civilization don't know what a telephone is they don't know anything and they eat like they they're literally like so my little brother's in the military and he was telling us about this tribe that we also watched a documentary on and it like refreshed our memory of this tribe that lives on an island that it is illegal to go and touch no one is allowed to go near it you're not allowed to fly planes over it because it's like one of the only civilizations that's never been like modernized. So it's kind of like a cute little eclectic thing, but also like they will murder you if you go in some guy who was a journalist, right? Uh, took a canoe or like a little bo- a motorized boat over there and, and they killed him. And a lot of people were saying how like it was so bad that they murdered him on the beach when he got there. And everyone's like, yeah, you shouldn't went there. Leave them alone. They don't know who you are. They don't know what your boat is. Yeah, they, they literally probably think a boat's a bomb or like they don't they don't even know what a bomb is because they still do like fires and huts. Like they had a helicopter once over them taking pictures or video, and like they were throwing spears at the helicopter, and like they probably uh, thought they were aliens. Yeah, I mean that's, um, but they eat each other. Like yeah, like there's no like animals to hunt. Isn't it crazy that there's still an island like that that exists on this earth, and then on the complete opposite spectrum there's like dubai which is literally like a futuristic city i know with these gigantic buildings and like it makes new york look like the slums i know so well there's so much money over there like yeah it's literally it's literally multi-millionaires billionaires and billion and billionaires went over there and created a city like if you're a millionaire in dubai you're poor yeah that's crazy and also they hate jews so we can never go I'd go. They have a comedy uh, scene there. They actually do. Like, they would kill you though. They hate Jews. No, but I, I'm not really Jewish though. I was raised Catholic. Your so. hair clearly gives you away. So, and my nose. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, hopefully, uh, I, I, the gig would have to pay so much for me to get on a plane. That's a 60 now. That's like going to Australia, man. I, I think Is it, it really? Might even be, well, yeah, because you're like going deep into the Far East. So, and plus, I don't want to go where, like, there's wars and shit. You know, people ask If you could go you... anywhere in the world, where would you go? Like, uh, probably first Hawaii. First class. First it... class. Well, I'll never fly coach again. But like, no, I... but I'm talking like first class, the beds first class. I mean, uh, pro- well, I mean, it depends. Like, if you said, hey, your prince of Dubai, want, he's going to fly you on his private plane to do a comedy show. No, this is, okay. This is... First class tickets, beds, slippers, pajamas, that type of like, think of like fly Emirates mm-hmm. and you can go anywhere in the world. And this is vacation strictly. Probably Australia. Hmm. Interesting. So. But part of Australia. I don't know. I've never been there. Uh, but I've been told, I see, I would go to work there because I've been told my humor would translate. Oh, well you would there. do so well there. Um, they so. loved me in Australia. People in London didn't like my humor when I was there. 
I've been twice to the UK and they think I'm stupid. Like actually. I mean, I am kind of like dumb, but they think American sense of humor because American sense of humor is very like self-deprecating and they look at a lot of artists over there like comedians because um it was weird because I was like no I'm actually like successful in LA um they think of it as a trade still like you don't have anything you don't have a family lineage I guess I mean they probably think you were successful because you do have a family lineage but well no I think I'd be like an American version of Jimmy Carr yeah they're very very dry so you'd probably do well they would uh, they might not get my references but that's when I would start lashing out at them. And then they'd be like, oh, this guy's like, you know, the U.S. version of Jimmy. Yeah. Australians, though, they love to body shame. They think it's funny. I've never really been about that. Like, Well, see, n- no Americans are because Americans make fun of themselves. But in Australia, it's very like locker room humor. Um, and they really like dark sense of humor. So that's why I did pretty well over there because they love the shock value of like being very dark in your sense of humor i mean it uh i mean i i like to like be uh self-deprecating you know make fun of the music i listen to and they probably love you because they love acdc over there too yeah i mean i i do a couple jokes about them i mean i would do i researched like when i went to montreal i did research about I mean, obviously, I'm a big hockey guy, so I, I knew, you know, if I made a joke about them not winning the Stanley Cup for, you know, X amount of years, they would get it. Or I want you to do a Canada tour, so I want to yeah. go back to Canada. Well, I mean, we'll see. I mean, uh, certain club owners would get back to me, but, you know. You need to go to Vancouver, because I want to go to Whistler. That's Ontario. Whistler? Whistler, Ontario. No. Whistler's not in Vancouver. What? No, it's the ski. Whistler is in Vancouver. I'm about to look this up. It's Whistler. It's where they all go skiing. And I went there on a hike in uh, April. Well, there must be two Whistlers then. You're, so, you're mistaken, sir. I mean, I'd like to go back to Edmonton, Calgary. British Columbia. Yeah, it's Vancouver. Well, there's two whistlers. There's also Whistler, Ontario. I don't know. So, uh, Fake. But I will be back in Canada sooner than later. What's your favorite Canadian city? Um, I like Edmonton because they were, you could tell there's nothing to do out there other than go see the Oilers play and con- the comedy club. Is Edmonton mall. in the middle of Canada? No, Edmonton's like up the West Coast. It's past vancouver past calgary it's deep into the like the the woods but like, isn't it wild that um there's like vancouver edmonton obviously toronto and um montreal but then there's like nothing well i For, mean there's uh like winnipeg that's, oh yeah winnipeg it's bone uh chillingly cold up there and uh but like you could tell and like in Edmonton, any comic could out sell out their merch, even if they you're the most unknown comic on earth. They're just so appreciative of you coming there because they know it's kind of a haul to get there. 
Um, same thing with Winnipeg. You know, Winnipeg. I no- love Canada. I would go anytime. Every time we have a show there, any kind of film show, I love going. I love people in Canada. I love their money. It feels like Monopoly money. I love their Tim Hortons. I mean, yeah, they're great. Uh, you know, they're like down home. They're like the South, but in Canada. And Vancouver has the best sushi I've ever had. Oh, you can imagine the seafood in Vancouver. So good. And they have great comedy shows like Working Moms is made in Vancouver. Or no, yeah, Toronto. And then Letter Kinney is a Canadian show. That's really funny. Schitt's Creek. They're funny. Oh, Canada's great. I love doing comedy up there. Like Canada, invite us to your comedy clubs. I know. that's uh, And, you know, you fans up in Canada, if you want Request- to see... Earl. That's how it works. You know, if you want to see American comedy, you know, you uh, DM you comedy do, clubs. But, you know, DM like uh, the comic strip in Edmonton. Uh, I think it's uh, the laugh shop in Calgary. And uh, we will come because Earl has been saying, and I just want to go because I love Canada. And uh, Montreal. I, I don't necessarily know the name of the comedy club, but there was a comedy club uh, in the old. Uh, montreal forum which is where the canadians played i think at hudson's something comedy nest something of that nature uh and uh you know that's how it works you know you guys i get a lot of dms i love the canucks i've been to a canucks game in, in vancouver uh yeah they have uh i think rick and tammy have a club there now so there's a yeah. comic and what's there. the club that goes down it's downstairs it's by like it's like a chicken Oh, I have no the cluck it's like the cluck i i've been there because dino did a show there who the hell's dino dino's a comic from la but he oh. lived he moved to vancouver he's a really funny black guy but this was like 2016 i mean there's I it's saying. probably a yuck yucks there's a yuck maybe yuck. it is yeah that's probably what it it's is it's a big um comedy chain across canada and then there's like i know red band did a show in uh this like weed it's like a dispensary place with a performing room in toronto that a lot of big comics do um so uh yeah if you guys want me to uh come to your town you know you got to make the comedy clubs think oh people want to see this guy so and same well, goes set for it up the american uh, you know the stand in new york is uh always uh lovely to me when i'm uh want to go back there so uh you know, you have. We could to, do a little East Coast tour. Yeah, we could, you do could do New York, New York, Boston. Who knows? Maybe, maybe you could go to your homeland in Connecticut. They have they have uh, comedy shows there. Uh, I don't know the name of the club, but uh, you know, Helium I think is in Buffalo uh, and whatnot. I mean, I will do the road, but it's got to you know pay well, and I'm not opening up for you know Shabadoo Quinones at the Looney Bin. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm. I, I will. Well, that's your problem. I'm gonna uh, go to the Looney Bin. So, and that's not putting Looney Bins down. I just wait. Had, is there really a comedy club yeah, called Looney Bin? It's a big bin? chain in the uh, Midwest. Oh. Uh, you know, I will go to your city, but uh, you know, I will headline it unless it's a Rob Schneider gig. And I'll go, and I'll just drink whiskey there. And uh, you know, Florida has uh, reached out to me on a few fronts. Uh, so uh zanies zanies in uh, nashville and chicago uh i've done zanies in nashville before it's a great club uh 
uh, home of the uh, King Ralphie May. Um, so there's. Uh, I hope to hit the road a little bit more often this year. We're vaxxed. Yeah, I'm, that's a big thing. A waxed. lot of comics aren't. So no one in this household has me tooed anyone except we've me tooed each other. Yeah, so and it was consensual. I mean, that's sad that you actually can use that as a selling point. You know, when I call clubs, hi, my name's Earl Skakel. I haven't raped anybody. But uh, I think it's also like you don't do drugs, you don't drink, you're always on time, and I think that that is also like another thing and i'll do the shit out of morning radio which is what i learned from rob schneider mm-hmm. like rob's shows would sell out and i would even say to him why are you getting up at six in the morning to do morning radio promo the, baby the show's already sold out i have it's a like, question i don't care why you you're probably the worst person to ask this so i'm sorry if i don't know how many canada fans you have i have a lot okay can you guys please answer this question Every time I go to Canada, when people like locals will be like, oh, come over, we'll have some drinks, whatever. Y'all always give me cider, like hard apple cider. It's so sugary. I'm going to drink it because I'm from the South. Mama didn't raise a rude ass bitch. And if you give me a drink, I'm going to drink it. Why do y'all love cider so much? Why does everyone drink cider there? It is so sugary. I feel like I'm going to get a cavity. Well, I think it's just uh, the region's drink. Uh, you know, ciders, I think a lot of it's made up in Canada. So it's probably like uh, Budweiser here. Yeah. <laughs> Budweiser, the king of beers. Uh, Ketchup chips. So, uh, or poutine. You know. I love poutine. I, I didn't like it. I had it in Montreal. It was just, uh, actually, Jason Reitman got me my first poutine. And I'm like, this That's is way crazy. too salty. Oh, I love it because it's salty. You like pustine. So uh, anyway, um, <laughs> so uh, you know, this is going to be a big year for inappropriate Earl. I do love maple syrup from Canada. Well, it's like actually comes from the trees. We could go skiing if you go in the spring. So, uh, I mean, we'll see. Me just planning my vacation around your work trips. Hey, whatever, whatever gets us out of this house and back on the road to comedy. And, uh, you know, of course, when we're in L.A. Guys, Inappropriate Earl is moving to Patreon. And I know that that sounds like a bum, but it's not. Because here's the thing. Earl has committed to releasing very, you thought Inappropriate Earl was out of control on this podcast, on Apple Podcasts. Well... Um, it's going to be a lot of things are going to be said on his new podcast. But to Patreon. be honest with you, it's not going to be that much wilder. Like I've had five, I think five guests say the N word. Uh, Which N word? Uh, Nutcracker. Hello. Uh, and three of them were white guys, and all three of the white guys were like, "Hey, you're going to take that out?" I'm like, "No, you said it." Who you are they? Can it. you tell us? Um. You'll just have to go back to all the episodes. I'm not listening to 329 episodes. So uh, you'll only listen to the one with you and them. Uh, I listen to a few of people I like. I mean, you know, I had a nice run back in the day. And then, uh, you know, once you get shadow banned, I lost my uh, motivation. 
but now I'm not anymore. So, uh, but you're also going to be doing like video stuff. And stuff yeah, we're, I'm looking in uh, to uh, get uh, merch. Some, uh, video. No merch right now. Uh, I, I do have a t shirt. If you really want merch, I do have a t shirt. I've rarely promoted it. Uh, some fans have bought it. If you go on uh, prowrestlingtees.com, I think it's PW and then TEES.com. Uh, there is an inappropriate old podcast shirt. I think I've sold like five in six years. I'm gonna I'm gonna make merch of your stuff and sell it and keep all the profit. But I've never, uh, you know, people ask me. Uh, you know, I get a fair amount of people saying, "Hey, do you have a T-shirt or something we could buy?" And uh, I love ProWrestlingTees.com, but I, it's where the shirt's like twenty four dollars, but I only get like seven dollars. So it's like. Uh, I don't know. This doesn't. I'm not. We can fix that. Yeah, but it's like, oh, I mean, and it's nothing against the company. That's their rate, I guess. It's their rate. You know, it's like when I uh, was approached about doing cameo, uh, I was like told it's a hundred nine dollars, and then I did one cameo, and I only got like forty four dollars. I'm like, what? Uh, and that's why we're moving to patreon i know so and it's not uh, you know and I'm it's not, not gonna be crazy expensive either no five ten bucks a month uh you know it's just to pay our electric bill i've given you guys three this is episode 329 329 episodes of free content so uh it's time to uh i don't know uh i think show it's your appreciation the, i guess i think it's the freedom of you doing your art and having the motivation to post it on a platform you feel safe that all your content's going to be safe and for your fans exclusively well it's also just uh you and know. you can connect to your fans you can comment back and stuff which i think is difficult on um i think that's why i love tiktok is because i can respond to comments with videos and I know my followers really well and they're and fans and like it's more of a community. Whereas like when I used to do Riggles picks, uh, we couldn't I couldn't respond to fans. Like I couldn't respond to any of the Apple podcast comments or anything. And it was like kind of stupid because unless I responded on the podcast, which by then it's like a week or two later and it's like no one else, it doesn't matter. I think I think Patreon's cool because like it's cool to see all of our comic friends or film friends have a community where like they all can discuss topics and watch exclusive content you've made. Or like if you are on the variety show I'm doing with my friend, then they can see sketches you've done and stuff, you know? Yeah. I mean, I've uh, probably uh, will do like uh, almost my version of weekend update uh, for patreon because i've always i mean obviously i'm too old to ever audition for that show but like i've always wanted to do like a maybe a weekly thing like in the voice of norm mcdonald you know shitting on oj when no one else would or you know epstein like we talked about you know that could be one of the uh featured uh how do you feel about your kings this year kings are they got a lot of young kids didn't your buddy kids. just get traded? Uh, my buddy, uh, Kale Clegg, defenseman, is now in the Montreal Canadiens. Um, 
and it's funny. The Montreal Maple Leafs. No, the Montreal Canadiens, oh. and uh, the a, a King defenseman last night just broke his ankle. The great the Alex Edler, old man Edler, uh, and they could have used Kale, but you know, well. don't know injuries uh, happen when they happen. So, uh, but they're doing good. They they got. Uh, you know how many games does um hockey teams play I think there's 81 games so it's a quite a long season and uh there's in the west and where the kings are there's like three really good teams and can then, i let's see if i can name them you probably can't but the coyotes they're the worst team in the league <laughs> so uh <laughs> anyway i'll take over the hockey shane talk. Don't? Uh, Shane is Doan it because Shane Doan's gone? Is uh, they could use Shane Doan right now. Uh, to be honest, um, it's the Sharks. Uh, sharks are okay. Uh, you know, it, it really boils down to are the Canucks part of the West Side? Uh, they're not that good. You know, they're struggling. It, it's really Vegas, Edmonton, and Calgary. Man, you love Vegas. And then uh, you know, there's like a you know, eight teams vying for the last four spots. Uh, so it, it's a, it's like kind of like uh, the AFC in football this year. There's literally like 12 teams vying for the last three spots. There's 44 hockey teams? No, there's like the, uh, 32, including the new Seattle Kraken. Uh, they're weird. They're playing good and bad. Like they'll play like one great game. They'll beat Edmonton. Shadow games. And then... You know, they'll lose like seven to one. Uh, so they're uh, struggling. But, you know, their fan base is probably just happy to have a sports team up there with the Supersonics gone. Does New Jersey have a hockey team? Uh, the Devils. They're pretty good. Mm. Uh, but, uh, you know, hockey's uh, a lot of parody in hockey. So, um, you know, there's no clear cut. Although the two best teams, ironically, not in Montreal, not in Toronto. Tampa Bay. Both in Florida. See, nailed it. And probably the best team in the league right now is the Florida Panthers. So. Uh, the Panthers? So, uh, that's funny. It's just funny to me. that the I like two, the Nashville Predators. They're not bad. Uh, Do they still throw fish on the ice? Uh, that's in Detroit. They throw the octopus, I think. Didn't in, they? No, they throw catfish. Uh because remember we went to the pa uh, we went to the Predators game and they threw a catfish. I mean, I forget to be honest. I, I don't know what Nashville does, but uh, what's the big fish in Alabama? You, you catfish. Guys, yeah, they probably do. Because uh, remember they had one in a cage or an aquarium when we were there. And then um, I know in nineteen ninety six, I think when Florida got to the Stanley Cup Finals. They went on a winning streak. They were losing a lot. And then there was a rat in the locker room. What? And so Scott Mellonby, who I think was the captain of the time, Did killed it with a it stick. With stick? <laughs> so Aww. every time the Panthers would score a goal at home, it threw out these rubber rats. And it got so annoying because it like, it was funny for like the first game or two and then like it's out of control but it was like they're good hockey luck. fans are crazy well it's a blue collar sport for the most part like you know there's not like like you see lebron 
you know, drive up to the Lakers practice or the game at the crypto.com arena now in like a $400,000 sports car, you don't see Kopitar or Drew Doughty or whoever, you know, they're driving a Lexus. Like it's such a, uh, not that Lexus is a bad car, but you know, it ain't. It is crazy though. Like I grew up in the South where football is king. And I guess baseball, because, like, the Braves and stuff. But. It's regional. I mean. I, everyone I've ever dated, including you, have all been from the North. And in film. And they all either played hockey or were, like, the biggest hockey fans. And still, like, you even play. So, it's like, yeah, they've all played hockey. To where it opened up this whole world of like how competitive hockey is and how it's such a big sport up North. Well, it's a great sport. Like it's, it's a macho sport. Yeah. It's the football of the North. Yeah. I mean, it, it's like, like the last season I played. I don't know how they do that stuff with the, the puck and the, on the ice. I don't even know how to ice skate. I've never been ice skating in my life. I mean, it's, you lose it, you know, it's kind of like, I'm terrified to go ice skating. But like in I'm bas- afraid if I fall, they're going to cut my fingers off. But like in basketball, you don't realize how big all those guys are because they're all the same size. Yeah. So they look like normal. In uh, hockey, they're all so good at skating. What would you say? Like you don't realize, oh, they're on a very thin blade skating at... The balance alone. Skating like- at up to 25 miles an hour. And then have like the agility to hit something with a stick that goes like Zidane. Well, no, the guy in the Kings actually, he plays in Ontario now. His name's Martin Furk. He set the all time record last year at the All Star game 109 miles an hour. He can skate? No, that he hit a puck. Oh. So, <laughs> talking about <laughs> the fuck? Do you think they could? You think the guy would be playing in Ontario if he could skate 109 miles an hour? I don't know, man. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Can so. I ask you a question? Uh, <laughs> you just turn off the podcast. You're like, you're done. You're done. Um, What's well, okay. So we've been going for about an hour. Let's wrap it up. But. What? Well, I have a question. What would you say is... <laughs> Stop looking at me like that. What would you say is the most difficult professional sport there is? Like the best, the athlete that's, the athletes that are in the best shape, one, and two, the hardest professional sport to play. I mean, it's tough to say because like, you know, like Jonathan Quick is the LA Kings goalie. I'd love to see LeBron James try and stop a puck, one of Martin Furk's shots, uh, you know, at 109 miles an hour. I don't think people realize how hard it is to be a goalie. Not only is someone shooting a puck at you, let's just say an average 90 miles an hour. Not everyone shoots as hard as So let's start with this. I think. But no, I'm, I'm answering your question. Like, and they're waving sticks in front of your face. To cl- they're standing in front of you to cloud your vision. Uh, you know, look at Ben Roethlisberger. That guy is 39 years old and his body's 100 because of the punishment. He's, can you imagine being an NFL quarterback? Or college quarterback, Bryce Young from Alabama. And you put your hands underneath the center and you look out at 11 guys whose sole job is to try and decapitate you. 
that scared the shit out of me. So I don't think you can. Uh, I think every sport's tough in its own way. Like I used to play golf. Golf skill wise is one of the most. I think baseball players are in the worst shape. Well, yeah, because you can be a fat base. Well, football, you can be a fat offensive lineman and just be incredibly strong. Uh, hockey, you can't really be fat. <laughs> you wouldn't be very I think good. that soccer players are in the best shape. Um, I would say hockey and soccer. I think hockey and I think hockey is the toughest by far. And I think soccer players overall are in the best shape athletic wise. And I would say, you know, golf from a hand-eye coordination with baseball. I mean, think how hard it is to hit a baseball coming at you. You have one second to decide, okay, I can hit this ball or I can't. Um, so in the same, you know, golf, as someone who played golf for a long time, until my clubs were stolen at a public course, uh, unbelievable. Uh, like the slightest fuck up in your golf swing, the ball's out of bounds okay i have one more question what do you think is the most expensive sport hockey to get far. your child into hockey by far it's not even in question like more than golf oh well i mean but it, it's close i mean football football not really a couple hundred bucks worth of pads because like but that's you know that's not cheap you know the shoulder pads are probably a hundred bucks well uh, i think cleats. it's also like think of camps for instance like my dad put in the South, my brothers and I in the best camps possible. But that's different but, when you're talking about camps. I'm talking about just the equipment. I mean, in general, like camp. I'm I'm including camps, equipment, I'm training. About just the equipment. But I'm yeah. saying I still think it's I think it's probably hockey or golf. I mean, because just the Nike camp for um high school and middle school basketball, like that is up in Santa Barbara because my old boss put her son in it. That was five to six grand. That's crazy. For a high schooler, that's someone's car. Well, I mean, like, see, I just go off the equipment. I think the that... fact that the PGA store the other day when we were there, it you would have had to drop 10 grand to get a new golf club set. Yeah, I mean, is you look crazy at, to the me. The iron set alone, I think, it was Callaway Big Birth, is worth 2,500 bucks. You know, paying woods, which is what my dad played, so I'd want to get that. I'd be robbing people. Uh, you know, uh, you know, golf is definitely not a cheap sport. Plus, the green fees. I see why people robbed your clubs if it was that, because you know you had some nice clubs. They were okay. I think they were actually Tommy Armour clubs. To be honest, Tommy's dad has armor. He he has his own. He did have his own brand, but like if you look at uh, you know footballs. The cleats and the shoulder pads and the helmet, that's probably 600 bucks worth a gear. Basketball, $200 pair of Jordans, and you're good. When I saw the price of how much clubs were when we were there the other day. But it's not just the clubs. I, it made me furious because my old boss used to throw away clubs. Like He was gifted clubs from like Callaway and PXG and stuff. And if he had too many, he would just like throw them away. If I had known that, I would be dumpster diving. I would be selling that stuff so quick. Well, if you look at golf, it's, uh, you know, the clubs, a good set of clubs. If you're getting top shelf clubs, it's at least three grand. Uh, and five, if you really go like the custom shit. 
uh, and then it's the green fees. You know, it's a, e easily a hundred bucks at a public course, and a price like Pebble Beach is like, I think it's like something like three hundred dollars. But um, do you think it's true, like with the like the New York Times, and there's different articles that say that golf helps a lot of celebrities kick addiction, but it also is one of the most addictive sports you could ever. Oh, for sure. Do a, a good golf shot is like sex. Like I, it's really that euphoric of a feeling when you connect with the ball in the grass at the perfect angle like and it you, it's just it's an undescribable feel. it's a it's a heroin needle in your arm so do you think when your cousin hit <laughs> i'm just kidding so, um so interesting and you know but hockey's like the skates are for three hundred dollars the sticks two hundred dollars uh you know the helmets two hundred dollars i mean you're talking to to outfit a kid in this day and age for hockey, it's a thousand dollars. Just the gear. Now forget the league fees. That's probably another five, six, seven, eight hundred dollars. What sport would you put our kid in? I mean, whatever they, whatever they liked. I mean, I grew up growing up. I liked football because I was dominating at it. I, I, it's an old joke I've said on here, but like I've literally, I wasn't two hundred pounds when I was in the fourth grade, but I was my height. Your head was so. Um, you know, so football I liked, and then uh, baseball I was pretty good at. I think we'd have a pretty athletic kid. So, well, we'll find out one day. Mm, maybe. Um. So, Chandler Barbie, where can people find you online? You can find me online at Chandler Barbie B A R B E E on Instagram and Twitter at Chan Barbie B A R B E E on tiktok or out in the streets at the sprouts on santa monica boulevard or soho house on sunset <laughs> this has been inappropriate earl it's not the last one for free but request us yes, in canada at canada it's uh comic strip live in edmonton laugh shop in calgary comic strip in vancouver uh montreal uh you know who knows uh i just had someone big from the chess for last comedy festival go they basically apologized to me they were like dude you should have got something mr just for laughs so himself? um you know who knows maybe i'll be there one day uh and then you know the stand in new york is a lovely club it's the best club in new york and then uh, i guess the cellar as well so uh, and i'm you know if you're in la you can also see me here at the comedy store mainly been getting up at the improv and even the laugh factory so uh you know just check my instagram i'm at earl skakel on every social media, including TikTok. I'm not as good at TikTok as Chandler is. But I made her all famous on TikTok, though. It's just not my sense of humor. Out on the streets. So, uh, Where can they find you in the streets? Apple Podcasts. Leave a review. It helps with the algorithm. And now that I'm not shadow banned anymore. And, uh, you know, Austin. I'll be in Austin, you know, sooner than later. Thanks to the great Red Band and the Vulcan Mining Company. And, Shout out uh, to Red Band. He's a good one. Red Band is someone who uh, has helped a lot of comics. A lot. And few thank him. 
So, uh, but that's the business. And uh, let me see. That that's about it. Where can uh, we find you out on the streets? I'm, uh, you know, this week uh, I'll be in San Dimas. If you really want to roughneck it, uh, I'm going to the Ontario Rain hockey game Saturday to see my friend play for the Tucson Roadrunners, the King, the legendary Boko Imama, back in Southern California. Now the enemy playing against the Ontario Rain Saturday night. And then I'll be driving down the road to a club in San Dimas, headlining San Dimas. That's where I started many, many moons ago at a brewing company, paying to perform. And now I'm getting paid to perform in San Dimas 22 years later. They make you pay to perform there? I mean, back then I was paying 15, 20 bucks in gas to drive out there, paid for my meal. So I was losing money uh, doing this gig. But those days are no more. So let me uh, try and get this. Uh, I want to help this guy out. I can tell the guy who is um, promoting the show is... Uh, Newer, I guess you'd say, uh, to the comedy game. It's the San Dimas show at the High Point Brewing Company. That is, uh, let me see if they have an address here. Uh, 402 West Arrow Highway in San Dimas, California. That's this Saturday night featuring, uh, I'm not going to lie to my fans, uh, four or five comics who I don't know. I'm sure they're funny, though. And I'm headlining it. And uh, if you have any questions at all, please uh, DM me on Instagram. That's how I like to communicate with the fans the most. And uh, I'll catch you in. Uh, I don't think I have too many fans in the San Dimas area. But uh, hey, uh, if you're in the Orange County, Riverside area this weekend, it's not too far from that. And uh, I'll be at the Comedy Store a few times this week as well. I usually now get the Holtzman, Kennison, Brody spot of closing out the main room. So if you want to see me do a longer set, uh, Comedy Store is still the number one club on earth. It's a fun place to see me do 40 minutes or whatever. Out on the street. So this has been inappropriate, Earl. Goddamn inappropriate, (laughs) really. Uh, Three years, baby. So uh, (laughs) enjoy... (laughs) Your night, this has been a Sunday night podcast. I'm going to just get back to doing them whenever uh, the adrenaline gets back to me. I do apologize the last. And if you send me mean messages, it's just because you have a middle school crush on me. I do apologize for the uh, last year of not uh, having as many episodes as I would have liked. But the pandemic, baby, uh, not a lot of people wanted to come to my house because they know who's been on that couch. But a uh, shout out to my pandemic guest, great Pat Oswalt. Uh, he was awesome. Uh, Brian E. Thompson, the bad guy from Cobra, uh, Vernon Wells. Uh, shout out to Chad Zumach for uh, getting those uh, uh, podcasts lined up. Godfrey, uh, Jim Florentine last week with Chad uh, was great. He's one of the good ones. So uh, I'm getting my mojo back. I appreciate the love and support. We've been doing this now for about five years, and uh, hopefully uh, in 2022 we hit our stride and, you know, I become the new Tim Dillon. 
He makes a hundred grand a month on Patreon. I'm not. You're asking. gonna become gay. Hey, what for a hundred grand a month? I will. Gay for pay, baby. Uh, That's crazy. But shout out to Tim. Yeah, he's a dude who I think is. Uh, I respect that. But he's a guy who, uh, you know, three years ago was relatively unknown and found. He was living on my friend Aaron's couch, and now he's like killing it. I'm so happy. I love stories like that. He found his lane, and uh, you know, we're all shout out to Tim Dillon. Shout out to Shane Gillis. Shout out to Mark Marin. Shout out to uh, Tiffany Haddish. Yeah, Shout out to Papa Rogan. Shout out to Papa Rogan. Shout out to Brian Redband. Shout out to Sarah Tiana because I wouldn't be living in, on this couch. In Shout this out house. to, uh, you know, uh, Brian Moses, who's. Shout out to Frank Castillo. But I mean, Moses He's is funny. a dude who has helped literally hundreds of comics. Yeah. Uh, oh, so. I'm just naming people I like. Well, I mean, you know. I'm naming people I like, and, uh, you know, not everyone can like everyone. Shout out to Earl Skakel. I will say, and this is me not just like the one of the reasons I fell in love with you is because young, com- younger comics um, really looked up to you and would always ask you advice. And it was like kind of annoying when we first started dating because they would like pull you aside when we would leave a show. And you would always stop and talk to them. But now, especially, I feel like you've been such a like ear in the pandemic for a lot of younger comics who've been struggling to get um, spots or even. And I think that you've just been like really supportive and that's like so nice. So shout out to you. I mean, I try and. uh... Because it's hard to encourage people when you also struggle with your own depression or your own insecurities and i think that that's very nice you've been like a big brother to a lot of people yeah it's just the way uh, i mean i didn't have uh people helping me when i was at their uh experience level so shout out to rob schneider that's just big shout out to rob schneider shout out to russell peters i mean uh there's a lot of people who've helped me along the way um jimmy carr uh, i mean there's Shout out to Dice Clay, Eleanor Kerrigan. Yes, I mean, Dice is the best, you know. I always call him when uh, Crime Story is on. I send him screenshots of him, usually with Polly. Uh, Fuck SNL, because uh, they asked for a writer's packet and then hired their son. <laughs> yeah, but no one watches that show anyway. Like, like really, name the last memorable, like... Kyle Mooney. Sketch that they... so and that's not you know i have friends on the show like punky i love punky uh you know but uh guys we're going to the commies for a christmas party next week yeah don't use my name to get in maybe no i'm not telling you the day silly willies maybe i will talk earl into going rogue and bringing his podcast equipment and getting little side interviews he probably won't but Maybe. maybe he will That'd be fun uh, to get a bunch of freeloading comics on the podcast. And, uh, you know, I did that during the pandemic. I did, I think, three inappropriate Earls uh, from the comedy store window. And then people were upset that I didn't, like, escort them into the uh, guest chair. It's like, I'm trying to get this going on. I don't know who has COVID and who doesn't. Uh, So uh, that's a good idea. Who knows? Uh, We might do a special inappropriate Earl 
DM us if you have any requests. Yes, I mean Holtzman will come on the podcast. Uh, you know, some I'm of just, our film friends, some yes. of our music friends. I mean, if you think of all the freeloaders who'll be at the comedy store Christmas party, it's a. Who's, I will DM Joe Biden. It's a who's who of who isn't um, at the Christmas party, and then you see the Laugh Factory infiltrators coming for the free uh, nosh. So, um, the, you know what's so wild. Sorry, I know you need to end this. At the Comedy Store Christmas party every year, not that I would eat any of the food. Earl and I usually arrive fashionably late, like 45 minutes, 45 to an hour, because we always go to a nice dinner. It's like a little thing we do. Um, Because our first debut as a couple was at the Comedy Store Christmas party in 2018. Fun fact. Um, By the time we get there, an hour after it starts, the booze is flowing strong. However, all the food that they order, like all of it, and it's like invite only, is gone. And let me say, it's not gone by like paid regulars or people that work there. It's gone by like people who are not past the common, like freeloaders. I don't know where they're from. These are people that like I've never before seen at the oh, comedy store. I know where store. they're from. It's like roast battle comics. <laughs> and they come and they literally devour I'm not joking, 45 boxes of pizza. Oh, it's out of control. And when we had uh, my friend Elaine uh, the first year, uh, I think it was a year before we started dating, she would uh, cater the food because she was an executive chef and it was like amazing. And I had like four roast battle comics in front of me eating. I'm like, what the (laughs) fuck? Get out of town. Steven. Because it's funny because one year you came and you were starving and all the food was gone and we were literally just 30 minutes late. And you were like, pissed. I think we left and went and got food and came back. Yeah. Well, it's like part of the perks of being a paid regular at the comedy store. It's like, uh, I don't know, eating first at the Christmas party, parking your car in the lot. Well, Uh, imagine if they ate all that food, how much booze they probably drink. uh, It's out of control, uh, these freeloaders. They're probably literally. You tip tip them and you don't even drink alcohol. They're probably literally mapping out blueprints of the store's kitchen so how they can get in there ahead of us. But uh, I'll out y'all. I'm going to do a live podcast. and I'm going to go up to every person eating going, are you a paid regular here? What's your name? You're not? Okay. You've been exposed. So I love you all. Uh, you know, follow me on Instagram. Yep, uh, TikTok. Follow me on Instagram. Uh, Instagram's where I'm the most proficient, and Twitter, uh, Facebook. I I I don't know why I'm still on Facebook, but I, I think I have a lot of fan older fans who use Facebook, but not Instagram or Twitter. So, uh, you know, on TikTok, I'm barely on it, but uh, I'm not very good at it. So, uh, I lost motivation before I even had any. Um, I had a few hot uh, videos, uh, the one of Trump dancing, but uh, I peaked at that. So follow Chandler, uh, watch Holy Moly coming. Uh, when's the new season? Isn't there a new season coming up? Yeah, I don't know when it's coming out, though, but I'm in it. Yeah, You'll she's see in me. It. I have a little cameo. I wrote myself in the show. <laughs> and follow the golden voice of Joe Tessitore, uh, legend. I, I still Joe Tessator for follow Joe Tessator yeah. on Instagram. Tell him I sent you. And we then, love uh, Joe Tess. We yeah. love that Italian. I loved here. him on Monday Night Football. I thought he was great. I didn't know about his uh, color commentary guy Booger, but you know, welcome to Hollywood, Joe. Um, I mean, Booger McFarland was out of control on Monday Night Football. You know, the Steelers would be down by like two touchdowns with one minute left, and Booger McFarland would.
would give this fruit to Joe to nosh on. The Steelers have to score if they want to win. And you could just see Joe's brain going, no shit. Uh, so Joe Tessador, one of the true good ones. Great boxing commentator. Shout out to Joe Tessador. And his son. Isn't his son play? His uh, son's like an incredible football athlete. He just won some award. And uh, a shout out. One his last. daughter's super talented. She's a tennis player. One last shout out to the Billy Idol's guitar player and his lovely uh, uh, better half. Uh, Josie Stevens, Steve Stevens, sent me a autographed ray gun. You know when he does the Rebel Yell solo, he uh, does a little uh, wizardry with the ray gun in his guitar. And Steve Stevens sent me one. So go to stevestevens.com if you like Billy Idol, maybe buy a T-shirt or something. And uh, that is all. Inappropriate Earl, over and out. <laughs>